No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing for week 10 of season 4 in 2021. We are so, so close now, yet we still have no news on what's happening in season 20, in year 2022. I am Peter Wilco Wilkinson. Yes, I'm stumbling over words already. I'm joined tonight by the one and only Alex McKellar and Aussie car race winner, Braden Martin. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, busy, busy week as always, but um, feels like just yesterday we... Uh... Out of chat, and here we are back again already. That's it for those who do know. They none of you do. We only decided this the other day. <laughs> uh, we are recording for only four days after the last episode. We are moving to a Monday night to try and get a little bit out to you a little bit quicker. Change some things happening in the background, uh, as as well in the editing process. But thank you very much for putting up with us still, uh, everyone who is listening to us. Michaela, how are you going? I'm going good, mate. Who said there was no news? We had a, a first-time Aussie car winner during the week. Look at him go, yes, hey? Dominating the dirt. <laughs> That's it. He loves getting down and dirty, apparently. So uh, tonight we're brought to you by some people who do some things. Uh, CD Cintography, Brewster Coffee, 24-7 Race Control, driversclub.net.au. But we will get into that a little bit later. Right now we want to chat about what we've been up to. Full disclosure, I have not touched the sim since Thursday and not even for practice. So we'll skip me. I've been doing actually the, the driving of the off-road in the in the real life. So I took the Navara out around Fraser for the weekend and um, broke my kid's arm and forced him to keep on going for the trip. And Not, um, not in the Navara, I hope. <laughs> no, he wasn't in the Navara. If he was in the Navara, he would have been fine. Um, but every single bump after that, I now feel so guilty for. But anyway, uh, we we took her off road and we we went around and didn't get bogged once. So I can say I've, I've survived Fraser. Uh, we saw a few other people getting bogged and uh, a few P platers getting around that needed to get a little bit of help. Um, we did almost lock the keys in the car, and I still don't know how <laughs> I actually got them out. Um, but that was that was that was a fun adventure, and uh, we definitely got that little. Navara, nice and dirty. But question Michelle, without mate, notice: What's that? What's more difficult, USA International Speedway dirt, Fraser Island dirt? <laughs> Fraser Island dirt. Um, <laughs> just because the USA Speedway dirt's all flat and level, <laughs> um, there's no bumps to to go with. So I'm there using my my very good throttle control to try and get the nose <laughs> pointing in the right direction when I see a bump. Um, all kinds of weird and wonderful things to try and get around it. But it was good. We um. We thought we saw one of the, the convoy members that was missing uh, at one of the spots. So we went right and then we had to go the other direction. So we realized it wasn't him. So we got to fang it around a bit of a donut style to get the thing facing the other direction really quick. And um, that was a bit of fun. The missus said, you're not allowed to do that again. And we was lucky we were on dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can be able to do that. So apparently I had a, a grin on my face for a lot of the time I was driving. Uh, no. <laughs> no uh, reset buttons out there, as far as I'm aware. No, and that was the panicky thing after the week I had. The, the last thing I, I needed to do was do any damage to the vehicles. A few bumps <laughs> we hit probably a little too hard, um, which which was a concern. But uh, we got through it pretty fine, especially when I realized I didn't actually have a spare underneath. We I've, <laughs> I've done the spare a long time ago and uh, upgraded to a better, more aggressive track pattern rather than the road ones that came with and 
I've bought the other ones. I've just physically got to put a, got to put them on. But it was like twelve months ago. I'm waiting for these ones to run out. Then you know we're heading down the highway, and I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> that's on there. So they're a little bit bigger tire. So technically, I could drive for a little bit, but not for a long way on them. So that was a bit of a panic station moment, especially when you're running eighteen degrees and you park it and and you're on a bit of a hard surface and you've got it at an angle, so it looks like it's almost deflated, and you're like, oh, oof, better not do that for too much, but. Yeah, it, it was like fun. fun. Yeah, we we went through a fair chunk of water, which was good. Um, hit hit a few. I actually led the convoy to the first camp and 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 to the barge on the on the last day. So that was that was good fun. Picking which washouts to go through and where to go through and and all that kind of stuff. But you know, Fraser's a beautiful spot, and glad I did it. And we're definitely planning on um, doing more and. The missus is actually talking about wanting to lift the, the Navara now and, and put better wheels on it and better suspension packages. And I'm like, I'm okay, what if that's what you want to do? <laughs> I'm not gonna stop you. And then she's planning out everything. She's like, only two inches, we can we can raise it more than that, can't we? I said, No, well, we should. And I'm like, Okay, well, we'll see what happens. So yeah, that no, was it was a pretty good weekend. So that that's my driving experience for the weekend. <laughs> Um, McKellar, mate, what have you been up to before we get into the, the champion himself? <laughs> um, so Aussie car, obviously I tried to take it to the young man. Couldn't, couldn't hold him up in the first one at least anyway. And then, uh, I could barely catch him if I'm honest in the second one, but, yeah, um, he was filthy too about the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then, um, Good to my word this week. I actually went out to Red Bull Ring and did a couple of officials, which was good, even posted a video up. I wasn't sure whether I was going to do one, but I thought actually the contrast in the racing that occurs between NURB GP last week and Red Bull Ring GP this week was well worth a look. So um, did a couple of races there. I actually did it on Saturday night because I noticed last week that um, I can't remember who was streaming. Someone was streaming and I, I was just watching a Skippy race and suddenly out of the, I don't know, there were 18 drivers. There would have been, I don't know, 14 Japanese drivers, including some of the best going around late on a Saturday night. And I thought, oh, here's a little sneaky Japanese community strength of field race. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do a couple. I'll do the one before that and I'll hop in on the Japanese one. And it was great. It was a, you know, a 36, 3700 strength of field, which is good for me because I, I don't normally get to race the big ones. And then I got to race with a with a good co- bunch of community. I qualified terribly, uh, bombed my second lap. So I think I started eighth and uh, then I just plotted around and took advantage of what I could. Uh, finished with a podium, which was I was pretty pleased with in the end. Similarly, in the um, in the race I did before, I uh, didn't do terribly well in qual. It seems to be a bit of a thing for me at the moment. And uh, but still ran around, had a big battle, which is the video that I put up this week to, to describe, you know, the sort of stuff that I'm thinking about in some of those more intense battles that you get end to end in or flag to flag in a race. Uh, and and got the chance to race with Vasco Sorovsky, Sorovsky a couple of times, which was good. We had a good chat about it and everything. And he's someone who's uh, on the up in the ANZ community, uh, mate. He won the uh, the yeah. warm up race for SNL this week. And I was watching Dennis's stream and he. Put on a really good showing. Yeah, mate. That he he had a really strong drive in that race to the point where he put on a really solid move to win it through the final sector, final two corners. So I hope he takes a lot of confidence from that because he should because uh, he's now at the point where he's in that sort of front third of the field 
uh, and with moves like that. And it was on the likes of O'Frane. I think it was on Nagai, actually, that he put yeah, the I think move on. Yeah, it was on, on Nagai, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, he's doing well. So we had a couple of races. It was good fun uh, and really enjoyed it. And then, of course, uh, the SNL broadcast on uh, on Sunday, which was another really bumper field. We 4,900 strength of field this week, which, aside from Snedderton, if we take Snedderton out of the equation, we're averaging 4,900-plus every week this season, which is crazy, uh, including three 5K-plus strength of field. So... Uh, for me, as someone who's you know trying to help bring the community together and and to see that sort of support is is really encouraging. So it's been a pretty pretty fun week, all told. A couple of things on that. Uh, first one, I I went to have a quick sneaky look at your iRacing profile because um, I saw you jumped in the session that I was practicing before I did one of my races this week, and you didn't race. So I thought, oh, I'll go have a look. And when I woke up the next day, and I was, I'll see what races Alex did do, and I was surprised when i saw the lineup of of drivers that it did feel like you had raced in tokyo there was literally the whole field were japanese i was like oh my god they're just coming from everywhere at the moment there's so many more japanese drivers i remember not even maybe four months ago you'd jump in and you'd probably see hiroshi ueda um and maybe um yamato would be in some officials here and there and now there's a whole host of fast japanese drivers who are on the up yeah, absolutely, and they're. Um, I think they've got a real community spirit going, and I've talked about it a couple of times. And I think the likes of Nagai, in particular, uh, Toshimasa Hanada, who we don't see race officials too often, uh, they've been really supporting the community. I, I suspect they've been doing some coaching as well, because not only do you see Nagai, who's got quality nailed at the moment, he really knows how to turn on those tyres and, and to complement the speed that he's got, mm. and he's putting it on pole all the time. Um, and it's starting to get some attention. But in the last few weeks of SNL, you've seen more often than not another Japanese driver, whether it be Kawabe or Yamato, join him on the front row or on the second row. So they're obviously doing something right there. Uh, and the fact that they're doing it as a community is really encouraging as well, right? So yeah. that's the thing about online gaming in general. If if you can find a bunch of like-minded minded people who can lift each other up in something like this that's competitive as well, you're in a really good place and people are having a lot of fun at the same time. And the the second thing uh, from that as well is couldn't happen to a nicer guy than Vasco Swarovski. Like exactly. The few, the few chats I've had with him, he seems like an absolutely great bloke. So shout out to you, Vasco. Not that you're probably listening, but uh, it's always a pleasure to be uh, in the Discord after an SNL race and having a chat to you, so... Yeah, he's a really fun guy. Like I've talked to him a bit, obviously, uh, as part of SNL and in servers and stuff, and he's uh, just a really nice guy. Uh, and he's putting in the yards, as I said a few times, and uh, it's really showing uh, what a bit of hard work can do. He's applying himself. He's And he's pretty humble about it too, I think, as well. He's not uh, overreaching. So to see him, to put on the move, see him put on the moves on Nagai uh, this week in the warm-up race, uh, again, was really encouraging as well. So... Uh, I think he's got that he's got the mistakes out of his game as well. He used to make a couple of mistakes which which would cost him better results and he seems to have almost got rid of it. So, you know, combine that with the effort that he's putting in, and I expect him to be a real threat. He's still in the top five from memory in the SNL championship overall. Um, if he can't move up a spot, he might get caught by Nagai in the end, but I guess we'll see how the, the last couple of rounds go. Definitely. Did you end up having the look back at uh, the guy's qualifying uh, in did, the replay yeah. video? Yeah, I did. So I watched it mostly in particular this week 
uh, in the race that we did. I think I saved the the replay. Uh, it was either there or it was specifically no, it was in the warm up race for SNL. And he wasn't doing a great deal different, but it was enough. He was really uh, emphasising so on the using the full width of the track, a full lock uh, on the on the steering wheel to one side, then full lock the other to the full extent of the width of the track. Uh, that seemed to be the main thing that he was doing. In difference to someone like uh, I can't remember who it was who posted on the Skippy forums a while ago. Uh, and put up a, a how-to video to warm up the tyres, which is more akin to what I do, which is trail the brake and really try and get some slip angle or some slippage through the scrub under the tyres. And that seems to work okay. But what Nagai was doing sort of opened my eyes to have a think about how I do it as well because it's a big advantage. It's a skill. It's it's the nature of the skips at the moment. I can't imagine these tyres are, are close to real life in the term, in the fact that they just keep getting better and better throughout a race as more temperature gets into them. But having said that, we all start with the same set of tyres on. So uh, it's gaming the system a little bit. But uh, to be competitive, perhaps that's what you need to do in this case. And I think in, in the Skippy, especially where qualifying, especially in these big races, is so important because it can be the difference between being dropped through no fault of your own and getting away through, you know, some people battling behind you. It's, it's you know, it's the difference between winning a race and not even having a chance no matter where you qualified. Yeah, mate, I look at the two races I did in contrast. The first one, uh, I just again, I didn't qualify well. I was only three-tenths off pole, but I started third. And I, and aside from what took place in the race, on the grid, I'm thinking, okay, I'm a chance for a win, right? Second race, I just blew out. I don't know what I did in the final sector of, of the quali there, but I really stuffed it. The second lap was worse than the first. So I'm down in eighth. And in a 36, 3700 strength of field, at that point, I'm not aiming for a win. I'm aiming for a top five. Um, So it's a difference. It's a really big difference in the mindset that you go in, depending, unless you're Dennis Johansson, who doesn't qualify and then goes through and wins every second race. But if he doesn't get DQ'd, right? But um, yeah, for mine, it really shifts your mindset based on where I am in the field. Um, So I'm starting eighth like I did. I'm aiming for top five plus any bonuses I can get from incidents that I can avoid. Yeah, definitely. No, it's interesting. I'll have to, if I ever get a chance to sit down, I'll play around with it a lot because qualifying is my obviously my biggest weakness. And I don't, I, I if I remember, I use the brakes um, and try and sit in second, third gear um, and and ten percent brakes all the way around, and that sort of helps out a bit. But I don't tend to do the weaving because every time I've done it, I've stuffed it up, or I get a black flag for going too slow. So that's. That's the, the fine line you've got to try and avoid, uh, run, but I, I just can't do it. So I'll have to work on that because qualifying is my biggest weakness right now, even with open quality. Yeah, I found with the, um, for me, third gear typically, but it depends. I, I think you get, so when you come out of the pits, typically at most tracks, you get the first sector for free because it's untimed. I think the, I'm thinking, and I don't know, that the black flag system in qualifying is due to slow sector times. Now, if the first sector is free, particularly if it's a long one because it's not timed, I think you get away with it, right? So you could probably yeah, go a bit okay. slower and put more into it. That's my theory. From there, what I tend to do is pretty much sit on, uh, you know, the, to- the highest revs I can. There's no rev limiter in them, right? But let- max out yeah. the revs in a gear behind what you would typically do in that sector. That makes sense. Every corner, one gear back. Every straight, yeah. one gear back. And then I'm using the brake to help me stabilise the car because without the brake, um, you'll oversteer. With the brake, you can sort of keep it under control. So, Yeah, I haven't been putting too much effort into warming up the tyres 
Um, but I have been doing it more. Like I used to do nothing. I used to just go out, drive the lap like I would use as practice to try and set up the set up the lap and be used to it. But I've definitely been putting a little bit more effort into at least just doing something. <laughs> well, my theory is almost doing something's better than nothing. So trying, just trying to yeah. And I'm I'm closer to the slow 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 weaving with a little bit of break and a little bit more break as I get to the turning back. So when I'm, uh, you know, if I'm coming across to the left, as I go to turn right, a little bit more break to really get the, you know, fronts, I suppose, um, up to temp um, is probably what I do. I don't know if it's right, but it's not, it doesn't seem to be costing me time. So that's just what I've been doing. Okay. Lots, lots to learn. Lots to do some testing over the off season because we are Aussie car. We are very, very close to the end of the season. I think it's going to be a, a well-earned break for a lot of people too, and I think a break that a lot of people do need. But talking about people on fire going into the break, Braden, what have you been up to, mate, for last week? Yeah, obviously Aussie car, which we'll uh, touch on uh, soon. I hope, no. <laughs> uh, we'll t- touch on soon. Um, went to the dirt, um, and I did do a couple of officials. Um, I honestly wasn't going to do any. Um, I just hadn't really felt up to it and just didn't really feel like racing to be honest i just was feeling a bit crummy and just thought ah i can't be bothered but i was um sitting at home i think it must have been must have been saturday uh evening or afternoon or was it friday no, i think it was saturday um and thought oh there's a race coming up in you know 25 minutes um i know red bull ring i think i should be able to have a go i wasn't really feeling up to it but i thought get out get off your butt um and at least jump in practice. If you do 20 minutes of practice and you're not feeling up to it, don't do it. And I thought, oh, stuff, I'll do it. Um, I was feeling okay. I sort of managed to get the times down to what I thought was reasonable um, in that sort of 20 to 25 minutes. And it wasn't a crazy strength of field. It was only about 2,500 or something like that. Um, with uh, Dennis was in that race and managed to stick it on pole, actually, which was pretty cool. Uh, Dennis didn't qualify. Also, was uh, having a chuckle while I was watching his stream waiting and he's looking at the list and going, oh, Braden, that sounds like a dangerous name. <laughs> so I was, I was like, hey, Dennis, <laughs> settle down. I'm watching your bloody stream, mate. <laughs> um, so that was pretty funny. So he started from the back um, trying to take the piss a little bit like he can and just drive from anywhere and and uh, chase everyone down. But to my, to my pleasure, I actually got away and was a good two seconds uh two three seconds ahead of um for a second for literally the whole race and dennis i don't know what happened i never went back and had a look obviously you were watching alex because you let me know how much i choked and (laughs) i'll talk about that in a second um but i don't know was he caught in traffic real bad and fighting or because i was like why is he not catching me like every single lap i was so confused and probably part of the reason why i did choke is because i'm too busy stuck in my relative trying to work out how many tents I lap, a lap I can afford to lose rather than just driving forward. Um, but yeah, coming into the last lap, uh, so the right-hander at the end uh, onto the last lap, grabbed myself a slowdown and didn't manage to clear it until right at the top of the hill. Um, and I was so focused because it was like 0.1 seconds left and the time was starting to flash because there was like, you know, only three, two seconds left that I missed my braking marker for the corner as well and ran wide. So um Got overtaken on the inside, tried to set up, um, I can't even remember who it was, whoever it was, uh, through the last section, but just couldn't get it done. So, unfortunately, uh, came second in a race that I literally led from start to finish uh, and didn't even look threatened. But, yeah, that was a bit annoying. So, 
Um, yeah, what happened to DJ? Was he just stuck for that battling or? Oh, I can't remember, mate. To be honest with you, I've watched so many of his races this week while <laughs> I'm tooling around. I can't remember which one was which. Yeah, he, fair enough. He's like he's on now. He's 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 on lap two of something and starting. I don't know if he started from the pits or what, but he's in there. Matt Harriet's in there too, having a run. But um, yeah, look, it's interesting. I, I've done a few races with Dennis where he has started from the back and. Don't know whether I'm insulted or not when he does it because he only <laughs> does it when it's a, a, a weaker soft. But yeah, that's right. Um, and it's it can be a little bit disheartening. Like he's a, he's obviously a quality driver uh, yeah. with good pace, uh, and just when he's done a lot of races at a track, he just you know it's it's hard to beat him if he starts at the front, yeah. back, or anywhere else. But there's been a couple of times where I, I have beaten him under even under those circumstances. It's a hollow victory, right? Yeah. Yeah. You win, you've beaten a guy who started last. You lose, you've <laughs> lost a guy who started last. So, yeah. you know, like it's it's an interesting That's concept. And, and I know there's been a couple of words said on the forum about it. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, it's only making it more difficult for himself, you know. Yeah, that's right, and yeah. give me a chance that I may not. I mean, I might be able to hang on to him, maybe with draft, uh, but I make one small mistake and he's gone. Right, yeah. so better off that he makes the mistakes and doesn't catch me than me make one and he's off to the races. Yeah. And he's not enjoying it either. He loves racing, so that's right. Yeah. And I was going to say the thing with racing, Dennis, is it's one thing to be as fast as him, or at least close to being fast as him, and it's another thing to beat him on racecraft because man, he is like some of the things he does with that car and. The over-unders he times to absolute perfection. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't come off, but, man, a lot of the times it does. And it's it's bloody hard to, to, to do. Yeah, man, I tried to emulate. In, like in the video I put up, I tried to emulate one of the moves he did through the final sector. And uh, I, I said it at the time, oh, I'm trying to do what he did. And I, don't know, I didn't, didn't quite manage it like he did. But there again, having said that, he got into a position to win that race, but then at what cost? Because there were two cars outside him that, you know, might have come off second best. That, um, But, you know, again, he's trying stuff. He's at the level where he can and, and doesn't really have too many casualties at the end of the day. So uh, it's it's fun to watch at least anyway. Definitely. Um, and then the second second race I did was SNL. So, again... I was watching Ben's stream and he said, am I going to do SNL? And I was like, oh, nah, probably not. I wasn't going to do it. Like I said, I just don't know what it is. I've just been a bit flat and thought, nope, stuff it. Like you, you had a good run. Like you'll probably be in second split and, you know, you should at least be fighting for a, a win in second split. Um, so I thought, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a crack. And lo and behold, I'm in top split. And <laughs> I'm like, oh no, this is not good. This is not what I was planning on. Um, but actually, it was, you know, it went pretty well, you know, if not for, I think, I think my next big improvement is my cold tire pace early in the race, um, which is weird because I'm not qualifying poorly. Uh, so it's not like I'm completely terrible on cold tires, but it's just that cold tire race craft and the ability to, to make sure I'm not making any errors under pressure. And I think, I think that's where at the moment, in the big races or when I'm in a position to, to really stamp my authority on a race, I still probably lack a little bit of confidence in myself and maybe just that. Yeah. That steady head, I suppose, um, to, to just be consistent and, and not overdrive the car and be thinking about too many things at once. Um, so I managed to qualify eight. That was car 17, uh, a 17, um, rather which you know i was pretty stoked with any qualifying inside the top 10 in that field is pretty good 
Um, I know a few people, you know, X their second laps or, you know, didn't quite get their best lap out, but Hey, that's racing. You gotta, gotta keep it on the track, um, to get your qualifying time in. Um, it started okay. I was hanging on to the back of the, the lead pack, um, sort of 0.8 racing on losing the draft. But, you know, when we would get into those long con- uh, Constantina type corners, I'd be able to get back to 0.6 or 0.5. So yeah, I didn't feel like I was at crazy risk of losing the pack and then got, um, uh, what happened? I got a... S- did I get a slowdown? I think I must've got a slowdown um, early in the race, which obviously dropped me off the front pack and sent me back uh, towards George and uh, uh, Dennis. And, you know, I was pretty content to just stay with them. I let George through, gave him heaps of room down at turn three. Dennis <laughs> full on sent me at, t- at turn three, but luckily I saw him coming in the mirror and just, I was never planning on defending him or anything like that. My plan was just to, tuck in behind him and try and get dragged back up to the front pack because I knew Dennis has, you know, good speed. And if I could stay with him, I was a good chance at least getting back up there and and picking off the scraps when hopefully things would go wrong. That was sort of the intention. But unfortunately, uh, Dennis got a slowdown and then George got a slowdown in front of me as well. And George, (laughs) I I was a bit unlucky. Like he got the slowdown. He was trying to clear it on the straight. um, And then he pulled back in for turn one just in front of me, which kind of checked my run into turn one. Um, and didn't give me a great exit, meant I lost Dennis. Um, and then he he said something on the radio, which I thought was, I've still got point one. I've still got point one. It made me sound like he was still trying to clear um, his uh, slowdown. So into turn two, I was behind him, and I thought he was going to go straight on, and he kind of did. Like, I don't know if he just missed his braking marker, but he kind of went late. So I kind of thought he was going to take a big, wide loop around turn two to try and finish clearing the slowdown so i tried to dive up the inside so that i wouldn't follow him out there and um he turned it back in and i tapped his rear and spun him so yeah i was a bit disappointed for that because i don't you know you don't want to be that person doing that but it was if i had if he had have been um not slow down and that was just a normal lap like i'd already proven that i was just trying to tuck him behind and not you know do anything crazy so um yeah so that happened and then Persisted along and slowly but surely, uh, Tallini and one of the Iberian drivers, it might have been Sanchez uh, or whoever, uh, was sort of chasing me down. They caught me with a couple of laps to go um, and we sort of had a bit of a battle and then basically had a replication of AJ and uh, Russell into turn three, where this time I was on the outside. So I, I sort of stayed to the outside. The The other two guys dived to the inside. The, the plan was basically, I know you can hold a lot of speed around the outside. And I thought if I was to, to win out of those three, I needed to, to be on the inside into turn four that I could, so I could close them out and then just, you know, try and run, run to the end. Cause turn three is really the main chance of, um, of passing. And I thought, you know, to, with three cars, the best chance to defend was probably around the outside and then hold that speed. Um, I probably could have given a little bit more room, I think, you know, in hindsight, but T- uh, Tallini was drifting out and he he sort of bumped wheels with me, which shuffled me to the back of that pack. Uh, thankfully, him and uh, Sanchez, I think, went too wide through the last turn and I managed to sort of cut in below them um, and I got Tallini on the line. So it ended up only costing me one position, but um, yeah, it was it was good hard racing. There was no, no you know, no love lost and... and it was, you know, it was good fun. So ended up with a P9 and a pretty good strength of field. And uh, it was enough I rating to, to crack 4K for the first time, which is pretty cool. So it's been a good week. 
Nice well one. Nice Congratulations, one. yeah, definitely good. Um, so Red Bull Ring, still happy with it, mate? Uh, yeah, I'd love to get some SR back at some point because I'm very close <laughs> to dropping below one at the moment, and Red Bull Ring is not the place to do it. With about uh, you only need a D six... license anyway, mate. Yeah, with about six turns and about four hundred different places you can get off tracks by just you know blowing your car on the curb. Um. Yeah, it's not great. So I'm definitely going to have to try and fit in a VRS endurance race before the end of the season just so I don't lose my A license. I think once I lose it for the first time, I probably won't give a stuff, but I haven't lost it before. So, I, you know, I probably want, I really want to try and keep it for the time being. So, Mate, like I said, Skippy's only need a D license. She'll be right. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. Red Bull Ring's one of the ones where they use the, the off-track method, isn't it? Didn't, didn't they implement <laughs> the, the different one? Yeah, it's still not wide enough, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever the limits are, you'll push it. Uh, So that leaves us with Aussie car. We went to dirt for the first time. Uh, Some would say a success. Others would say no. Uh, So a bit of controversy came out of this one. Obviously, we've got a person who is disqualified and not allowed to return for a few weeks, uh, pretty much for the rest of the year. Uh, We've got some words said over, not only over over voice, but in the Discord about certain incidents involving one of our hosts. Uh, we also had it pointed out that um, we finished, we had two, two firsts and two seconds from, from the podcast and one wooden spoon. Uh, so thank you for pointing that one out. And um, yeah, overall, what's your thoughts, McKellar, on the first dirt experience with a Skippy in Aussie car? Well, I, I'll kind of walk away from it thinking again, I can't imagine that's how tyres behave in real life. So uh, really interesting. I mean, I've done a bit of dirt racing, somehow gained my way to an A licence, even though I don't think I've ever cracked 1500 IR other than when I started, because that's what you start on. <laughs> but, um, you know, they were loose as a goose on the dirt and tight as you like once the tyres were up on the slick. So obviously reverse to, to dirt racing, at least in my experience, and it's very limited. Um, but once the tyres were up, you could throw the thing like, almost like it was on asphalt, uh, honestly. Uh, but in terms of the racing, I really enjoyed it. It was a real challenge. Braden, uh, I'll compliment you again because you had the pace on the night. It was clear. I think you were the fastest one on track. And the only reason I was near you in the second one was because, well, I lost the, the draft such that it was. It was pretty tight draft, actually, on that yeah. setup because um, I made a little whoopsie. It wasn't much, but it was enough for you to, to drive away. And then later on in the race, I think you did the same thing and brought me back into it. And then it was just a, a strategic battle sort of thing about car position and and what we did to the end sort of thing. But, you know, controversy aside, um, I enjoyed it. It's the first oval round. I haven't died in the first race. All the others have <laughs> died in the first race. So... To come away with a couple of podiums, I was pretty happy. You're near me um, most of it as well, so that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But honestly, I really enjoyed the racing. It was probably a different experience for me than it was for quite a number on the night. Uh, very minimal traffic to deal with. I enjoyed the practice runs that we did where I could test against uh, other traffic and moving through it and all the rest of it. So I felt prepared for it. But, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed the experience. Uh, I think my only suggestion would be perhaps to do heats uh, like proper dirt heats. I don't know how you'd come through to a main with everyone in it again. I suppose that's the outcome you're looking for because mm. you, you you want everyone in the in the race. Uh, but I think the heats, maybe with points 
somehow sprinkled through there. I don't really know how it works with dirt, but I think the two race format, I think Iris said as much that the second race was probably a bit long um, for the yeah. for the format. But other than that, yeah, look, really enjoyed it. And uh, an interesting, look, and I said it in the post-race interview on SimSpeed that, you know, credit to Ira for trying different things. Um, not everything about everything works. I think that one on balance is probably pretty good. Yeah, I think one of my suggestions was, you know, maybe do you abandon the the two race format for it and go, you know, three fifteens or even four tens or something, you know, just because I know by the end of that 30 minute race, not only was I completely and utterly both mentally and physically exhausted, <laughs> um, like it just, there was a lot of nothingness for a, a large ma- majority of the race. And I think the whole idea of a speedway night is it's action, action, action. And, and that's why the races are short and, and, and sharp, I suppose. So that was something I, I thought about. Yeah, the other thing, I guess it contrasts, though, between depending on where you were at the field. For you and I, like I said, clean air throughout. Uh, I I remember, and I watched a bit of Ben's stream back, and I saw his button, his his cursor hanging over the quit button in the first race when it all (laughs) went to pot, and he was dead set hovering over, and then someone said last to first challenge, and he was back in. If it wasn't a 30-minute race, I don't think he's on the back of the front pack. I mean, it still went to pot after that, but... So it depends on where you start and, and how you go and all the rest of it. For us, pretty quiet up front. So, yeah, probably a bit long for others, maybe not long enough, depending on, you know, where yeah. they start and where they finish. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, so the only thing I can say about doing four 10-minute races is it took about eight minutes for the tyres to come good. Um, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, but I, I, 3.15 I think would work almost perfectly. I think he did mention that in in post-race chats. Um yeah, the, the okay. We'll start with my the back of the field perspective of the world. Um, so that that's where I was. Uh, so qualified sort of mid to back pack as I've been doing with the open quality. Just haven't got it right yet. I don't know what it is, but not quite getting there. Um, two laps in, I think I'm pretty sure it was one of the mixed mix missed apex boys, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to call that Simon Dobney here. But um, had had the car jump right on him ever so violently as it does on the first couple of laps and, and I think hit Neil Gardner and then bounced back. I did my best to avoid him, but his front left hit my rear right, which uh, meatballed me for eight minutes, which then I just sat back and, and watched you and um, you and, uh, Braden sort of battle it out. Now, I've got to ask you something, Braden, because I'm sitting there watching you lap around and lap around and lap around. I don't know if anyone watched the stream, but that was just all I was doing was him saying a word, <laughs> just watching it. And um, I'm sitting there going, he's, he's close enough. He feels like, I feel like he's quicker than than McKellar, but he's just sitting there. And then I'm like, five laps to go. Here we go. You'll start making the moves. And that's when you started sort of really creeping up on him. Was that how it was in your mind that you're like, I'm just going to sit here and wait and wait. And then I know if I can get him with about five laps to go and get in front, it's going to be hard for him to get back. Yeah, pretty much. If if there was something I learned from USA International Speedway last time was that, and ugh, I kind of took a gamble that the dirt was was similar, um, was that the moves kind of took two or three laps to really mm-hmm. eventuate. Um, so the idea was kind of if I could get Alex with maybe four, three laps to go, that it would be hard for him to pass me back again before the before the race ended, um, which was a little bit of calculating because I think the first race went time certain, not laps yeah. because of the safety car. Um, so it was a little bit of trying to work out when that exactly would be. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't really feel like I was in danger of being dropped or anything like that. Um, 
And yeah, I did make a couple of mistakes. There was a couple of times where I did get back out to about 0.4 or 0.5 because I just touched my back right tire on the, the slippery dirt entering one of the turns. And I did lose a little bit of time through there. But with the little bit of draft and um, I guess the, the little bit of pace that I did manage to have, it wasn't too much of a risk. So yeah, I just my, my thinking was just, we don't want to let anyone behind catch up. There's no point in no point in fighting. Um, and then yeah, just try and just try and manage it until the end until we had to put the battle on. And I think because of the little battles we had the couple of nights before in the practice race, it's, I sort of knew where I stood. And the idea was to try and get the inside line, um, or or get basically try and get an over under to get the inside line. And then um, I think I ended up holding it around the outside to, to win the race yeah uh, so which with was... two laps to go i think you're in front and then i think you had a bit of a mishap with one of the oh cars. yes that's right oh my god talk <laughs> about life flash before your eyes yeah i forgot about that i think it was poor old john snell he sent me a message after saying i'm so sorry like he's like i just didn't know where to go it was yeah. all well, all well, all's well that ends well, but, but then, yeah, they ended so, up giving you back the inside line, didn't it, Alex? That was my concern. So he, he had it and I'm like, oh no, here we go. But then I remembered, I think we are talking in the podcast last week about how you, you knew the outside line, actually, if you, you can get that, you can keep more momentum. And as with oval, outside line is slower around the corner, but it's faster on the straights. And I, I saw you sort of grip into the outside line and go, well, no, I'm not going to let him get past the try and over under him. I'm just going to hold this and... Yeah, I think it was about half a car length in the end. Which yeah. Was, was so, so I think the idea was I knew if I was going to make the outside line stick, I had to hold you very, very close to the to the inside of the corner um, and basically just trust that you weren't going to hit me <laughs> effectively. <laughs> I was basically just like, I'll take the risk that I know Alex would not just completely punt me. Um, and that was kind of the, the risk I had to take because, yeah, I think if I had have gone too wide, you probably would have got underneath me on those last couple of laps and it would have been enough to maybe hold it out. But uh, And I think the other thing was just knowing it was only like one or two corners. Like if, if it had have been three laps out, then it would have been much worse position to be in. I think you eventually mm. would have creeped your way up. Um, but I just think it was just not enough laps. Yeah, look, in the, in the, in the wash up from memory, and again, it's it's memory, uh, I was happy on the inside. Uh, I, I thought it would be okay. And then I, I made a minor error in the in, in the really closing stages, which was just something I didn't have time to recover from. So the timing of your um, pressure was good from that respect too. If you apply pressure, force someone into a mistake, if they don't have time to recover, you know, good outcome, right? So, yeah. and, and it's it's actually something I took into the second race. Um, I know. Similar, yeah, similar, <laughs> to you, similar to you, I thought um, once I got back onto you, uh, there was some battling to be done. We had enough of a gap. I looked on the relative. I couldn't see yeah. anyone other than blue cars. So I just um, I thought, well, we've got a, a bit of time to play around here, see what sort of pressure could apply. And then once I got through and I knew we were, I was in a position to hold the inside line, that was my preferred one because yeah. I knew – I felt at least, I shouldn't say I knew, I felt at least it was a mistake that cost me the better drive and cost me the win in the first race. Yeah. Uh, and I'd learned from that. And then I just uh, made sure that when we were exiting, I felt there was a couple of times you were trying to come back under and I just yeah. sort of managed the exit so that, um, you know, to keep your run going, your only way was to go to the outside. So, yeah. uh, and that was just the last couple of laps. Other than that, the, the battling was great. It was even better in the second race. Uh, we had more time and, 
And I thought the Simspeed guys did a really good job because they had our battle on on one half and then the battle in the the second pack on the other half, and it made for uh, a telling of a, of the story of the race, really, because that's yeah. that's where it was. It was a two two sort of packs really fighting out equally as you know entertainingly for the for their positions. Yeah, there was a couple of times in that sort of last six to ten laps where I think around the outside I was managing to get to the line first, but just not regularly enough and i kind of knew that i needed to try and get back to the inside i think i did get the inside at one point um but didn't probably didn't defend that inside line hard enough and i think that's sort of probably what cost me that one because i think i got back underneath and then i sort of went to take my normal line um and but it was just enough to get you sort of just up the inside and then it was slowly lap by lap a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more until until you got through so um yeah, guessed a little bit of error in judgment, but I was pretty happy with how the night went overall. It was good, mate. That the only there was I found there was a real art to getting back underneath, and you could sort of hold outside long enough to get the drive out. But if you went too far, you had the the, the loose stuff out there. Plus, because it's not like the cushion in normal dirt racing, you get on the cushion, yeah. you lose all drive in the skips, as it turns out. But yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and I had to have a couple of goes at it, and it only takes one time to get it though. That close towards yeah. the end of the race too. So uh, it was good fun. And again, big congrats on the first win too, mate. That's uh, yeah. I was re- I was really pleased for you. I wasn't going to give it to you. I said to the boys in Discord, <laughs> I'm not going to give it up, but uh, I- I'll make him earn it. But I'll be really happy for him if he gets it. It was yeah. um. It was it was a weird feeling. Like you sort of think about when your first win's going to come, and you definitely don't picture it on dirt. So it was a bit like it was a bit weird, but. Um, I'll take it. The other thing was starting from pole, like just awful both races. Like it's impossible to get away well. Um, the second race, I'm pretty sure I hit you. <laughs> no, 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 oh. no, no. You didn't hit me. I was pretty. Actually, I was pretty pleased to get second on the group both times. <laughs> first time I got away. Second yeah. time you did. You did really well, actually. You got yeah. away cleanly, and and you got in front. So I was I was actually pretty impressed. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm very glad that I managed to get pole in the warm-up race we did early in the week, so I knew how awful it was, um, otherwise I think that could have been very dangerous for all involved if that was the first time taking um, the, the safety car start, and and the second thing from that is apologies for me, like, literally having the field 400 metres behind the safety car, because when, I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> one of the controversies was all kicking off behind, I'm just staring at my rear vision mirror trying to work out how are people crashed already? Like we haven't even gone anywhere and we're already having people wreck. And then I look back up and we're like, you know, the whole length of the straight behind the, the pace car. And I was like, geez, I better get a move on. Otherwise <laughs> we're going to be starting from the back straight at this rate. So I do apologize for that, but I just was generally intrigued by what the heck was going on behind us. Intrigued is one way to look at it, I suppose. <laughs> it was an interesting one anyway. So I was at the back of the field for said race too, which is where it all happened. Um, obviously coming last has its advantages of you you get to see the whole field in front of you and I, I I made the call in the first race to seeing a certain person wait like weaving back and forth warming up the tires as we we're talking about before but we know on dirt with cold tires it's a nightmare to be able to do that you can't control it and I went okay this is going to be an accident it wasn't um but in race two you could see it and I meant I mentioned I'm like he's on the grass he's that far off and in the inside. And, and it was from there, he put the foot down and ex- accelerated back of Brody Cook. And 
all of a sudden we've got a crash with a half or three a full lap to go on the pace car. Um, I'm dodging things, I'm losing the pack, and then all of a sudden said person comes past because I'm here panicking. I'm actually got a race controller. I said I'm going to have um, yellow, uh, sorry, black flag here for for passing under yellow or passing before the start finish line because Brody couldn't get back. So luckily they're going to clear them, and then all of a sudden persons come through and flying through with obviously got wheel damage because he's hit this, he's mounted the car in front, not not just hit him, but mounted him. And then not even a lap into it, um, took out another person, by Liam Banks this time, by going in too hot into a corner and just not sticking it. And um, and then I avoided that. But then in avoiding that, with no yellows coming out, I lost pretty much three quarters of a lap, A, by being, you know, held well back because I'm trying to avoid the things and letting people pass back. By the time we started, I was at least a lap down at that stage. And by the time I avoided this incident, it was almost, I had, I think it was three seconds behind me was Braden. And I'm like, well, (laughs) there goes my race. It's a 30 minute race and I'm already a lap down and nothing I can do about it because there's no yellow flags at the moment, unless there's a big major accident, I'm never getting this back. It was a very regretful, uh, Peter, which, where do you want me to go, mate? <laughs> was, yeah. I could hear in your voice, you're like, I'll oh, just get out of the way. <laughs> well, that was it. So that's all I could do. And and, and I knew I didn't have to pass. Like, I, I felt in the first, in, in the two laps I did of the first race, I'm like, well, I'm holding it with people under colds. And then, you know, and, and even then in the second race, I, I, I was definitely not as quick as the front guys, but I was definitely on par with the average, the middle and the back guys on under colds. But then, so by the time my tyres warmed up, here I am another half a lap down on you guys. And I'm like, well, five minutes into the race, I'm almost two laps down. Even if we get a yellow now, it's it's all gone. So then it was just a matter of the tyres were up and just watching my Delta and seeing how many people I could get um, be, be green on for the Delta. And too much, like it was, I held off Chastity's crew that was coming through pretty well. And Chastity's telling me like, stay keep going doing what you're doing because you I was dragging him away from the bunch that was behind him and I feel so bad because he's finally got on me and I don't know what it was I hadn't done it all race uh, I did heaps of times in practice where we go down to third back up the fourth I was missing gears in practice and it was really doing my head in and in the race I nailed it and I wasn't quite getting it right I think that's where I was losing most of my time I was probably either downshifting too early or too late and, and I was losing my half a second in, in the corners doing that um, and this time though, chassis is about 0.3 behind me. And he's like, no, no, keep going, keep going. And I went into the corner and just did not find third at all and just bogged it coming out of the corner. And I apologize so badly because then chassis, the Russell's got right on the back of chassis. And, um, I think Ben was in there and everyone's basically all over him. Sean might've been in there as well. And I think that's when little incidents happened and, and chassis made a mistake and, and got pushed back a bit and, sort of lost his podium all because I've missed a bloody going back down the gear. But, yeah, it was a hard one because it was 30 minutes of me basically on my own, watching Ira three seconds ahead of me, um, not making a mistake but not driving quick enough to make a difference. And, yeah, just because of a, a, a bungle at the start that wasn't my, any of my doing and then not being quite on pace with you guys under, under warms, which is just my fault for not having enough practice and I went into it knowing that because of the the week I'd had but um it was good it was just yeah I just 
wasn't my night yet again. I seem to be saying that a fair bit, but when we go through the results, I'll probably be one of the biggest movers of the week <laughs> yeah. in race two. Yet again, got a, I think it was top 15 or top 16. So uh, because of the attrition rate and, you know, everyone, you look at it on paper and it was a good result, but it was just very much a very middling, boring old race from the back that was over before it even started. Yeah, that's it, mate. It was a shame. I like... It's it's a roll of the dice sometimes, particularly at the back there, but you can't do anything about what happened at the start there, really. Um, <laughs> Except for just shake your head and watch. Yeah, well, that's, well, that that's all you got. For a long uh, time. That's all you got. And, I mean, I had my running with him in, in the practice during the week yeah. and wasn't thrilled. And I know there's, there's sort of been a few incidents now. So, look, again, I hope on the positive side that uh, there's either a lesson learned and, and you know, modifications made uh, through behaviours and styles. You don't want to stop people racing hard, right? But you, no. you've, got to, you've got to have a modicum of smarts about it too, whether it be recognising that you've got significant pace on someone and but you've still got to get around them safely or whether or not, you, oh, I don't know, you just can't barrel into someone in the middle of a corner. That's the other thing, right? So, um, But I do hope there's positivity there, whether it's, like I said, Modif- modification of behaviour and coming back in because, you know, there's some pace there and stuff yeah. you could work with or alternatively, you know, finding something else to do. One or the so other would be great. I watched the incident from ter- from Race Farm, which I guess we'll talk about in a sec. He was actually involved in it as well. Um, I watched a replay from his angle. I reckon there's no dropping of the accelerator whatsoever after he hits the back of Ben. I think he's still got his foot on the accelerator from what I'm listening to. Now, I'm not gonna, I can't 100% confirm it, but it did feel like it was a case of, well, I've, I've stuffed this up, I'm just going to keep going, kind of, and probably made it way worse than it should have been. But, um, it could have been, could have just been a, a, a panic reaction. I don't know. I remember I used to ride motorbikes and, and you know, a couple of times yeah. out on a farm and all the rest of it. And sometimes you get in a panic and you just don't let go of the throttle, yeah. right? So, well, you, you, you put it on faster, yeah, yeah, it doesn't usually end well, but it, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, so do you want to talk about the little accident of Braden slowing down the field and checking everyone up or what? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Braden, you, you, I know it's, it's hard. And, and can I, I said to you during the week, it's why I stopped watching streams because, yeah. um, I remember we talked about the bullying thing a few couple of seasons ago and how yeah, yeah. there was nothing meant by it. Um, but you just think, oh, am I, am I, yeah, you start questioning stuff. Um, and I also harp back to the discussion we had about Donington where I don't like um, the whole, like my opinions differ from other folks when it comes to stewarding and things like that. It's why I tend not to to think about or comment, to comment too much about them. But again, and I saw this here, right? So uh, there was, Ben had a view on, on, on how things went. Um, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I don't uh, like. I, I didn't have strong views on it because I didn't really necessarily understand the physics or the the, the racing how it was meant to be done. I, I think I was a fish out of water. It's dirt. It's skippies. It's <laughs> yeah. all these things. Um, but I know that you know he had a strong view on it and he was um, pretty open about. it. I know that's something. If you go back and watch a stream, even when the when the blood's cooled down a bit, you know afterwards, that it can still be confronting. Yes, I guess from my perspective, it was it was probably less about the stream and it was more about the over voice chat. Just because, you know, for anyone who doesn't have the bother to go and look, 
they go, oh, then Braden's just caused an incident. And I, and, and I just thought, like, it just, I was like, you know, normally I'm wrong when I go and look at these scenarios. <laughs> like, you, normally you go back and you go, oh, yeah, I probably stuffed up a bit there or, you know, oh, yeah, I did that. And, you know, I'm more than happy to take the blame for incidents like, you know, Barcelona where I just decided to ruin your whole season by just... <laughs> not knowing that my car was broken and just driving into the side of you like that's on me and that was really dumb and I hope that I've learned from that and you know I've gotten better but yeah it was just more the 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 over the voice chat and and, you know I know Ben listens to the podcast so he's probably going to be cringing at it all now but um from my when I, I actually went back to Ben's stream literally to go back and watch the race two incident but while I was there I was like oh it'd be interesting to hear what you know, Alex thought about the racing in race one. So I, I went and had a look at a look at race one. And and it, for me, it was like, I could tell Ben, it was, it was a buildup of frustration from the whole the whole season. So I, 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 it wasn't a personal thing. And I understood that. But, um, you know, when both him and Sean had said over the radio, you know, you know, yeah, Braden's the reason this has all happened is because of Braden. Yeah, that's the lasting impression that everyone else in the in in the field gets and like I said they're not going to bother to go back and have a look so I, I sort of slept on it and it was still bothering me so I thought oh stuff it I need to go back and actually have a look because otherwise I'm just going to keep thinking about you know did I do that did I not do that so I thought stuff it. I'm going to go load up the replay I'll go have a look and and that's why I, I went back and had a look and you know the speeds were consistent and and you know I was just kind of like well it's actually very different to what what actually was sort of sort of portrayed so i just thought i'll chuck the video up i'm happy to learn from from it and yeah you know it's just like i said in the little explanation like people's opinions are so different and when you when you're driving and when you're in the cockpit like the amount of times i've had official races especially where i've gone like this bloody idiot's driven straight into the side of me and then i get out and look at the replay and i'm like oh damn like actually uh, that was probably 80 percent me and only 20 percent the other guy (laughs) You know, so I understand it happens. And, you know, I, I, I have zero hard feelings towards Ben. And like I said, I, and, or Sean for that matter. And like I said, I, I love racing both of them because they both race hard. They're both clearly talented um, and both have my number most of the time, to be honest. <laughs> so um, it, it, I, I definitely don't want there to, to be any hard feelings from that. And, and I chatted to Ben on his stream the other night when he had another frustrating night <laughs> uh, b- uh, before SNL. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I probably got that one wrong a little bit. So uh, all's well that ends well. And and it was more, the video was more about my own just, otherwise uh, knowing my brain, I'll think about that for the next five weeks. Like it will just yeah. sit on my mind and live rent free in my head. Um, yeah. So it was more about me just getting it off my chest. Not, uh, hey, look, it was everyone else's fault, not me. It was, it was more about, yeah, my own just, I need to cleanse myself of this and, and, and I can move on to the next one. So, you know, couldn't care less about it from anything else. Sometimes you got to work through processing it, I call it, um, yeah. and you got to process it to a conclusion. Otherwise, it's just like a burr in your saddle, as they yeah. say. One thing that I, and I have, I don't know if I've said this here before, but I've actually moved the push to talk button to a more difficult place to find on my yeah. steering wheel, right? So I can find it if I need it. It usually costs me <laughs> half a second or whatever on a lap, but I find it, right? Um, so that's the it, trick. I've got to get him to talk <laughs> or a radio. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But like there were two times in the past week where I'd wish I'd taken it off the wheel, right? So uh, even in the in the dirt oval, uh, when we came up, and I think it was on Craig Kerman, 
and I and and when we got past him, I said, "Oh, come on, Craig, you could have done better than that sort of thing." Because, and I felt bad at the end yeah. of it. I thought, "Well, you know what? We talk about us uh, as a leader, leading group, making our way past, and all the rest of it." He he really did nothing wrong in the context of the race. We were miles out in front, so it didn't yeah. matter, right? The second one, and I spoke briefly about it in my video this week of the race I did at Red Bull. I didn't agree with the guy's tactics in the heat of the moment, but on reflection, um, there's nothing wrong with what he did, right? And I did give him a, a couple of little jabs on the radio, nothing completely underwater. Like when he got past me, I knew the guy in front, uh, Ant Jones, uh, he had the pace in the field clearly. He's very kind to me in thinking that I've, I can match him for pace. I can't, right? <laughs> and when he'd got a gap... He was saying, he even said to the fella, you know, you, you might want to let Alex on front sort of thing because I don't know if he actually thought I could catch him or what, I don't know. But I actually said to the guy when he got past, you know, I hope he got good pace and I meant it, I hope he got good pace because we've got to catch him now sort of thing and probably sounded a bit more curt than that if I'm honest. <laughs> but I think I said, I hope you're quick, mate. Um, and then I sat behind him deliberately for a, sort of a lap and a half and watched him miss every apex. Seems to be always the case. Oh, it was so it was really, really frustrating. I was prepared to let him catch because I knew if I was going to race him, it was going to cost us more time. So all right, you want to be on the front? You show me what you got and what you had is a I said to him, and the second thing I said to him after the race was, um, mate, go back and watch those first couple of laps and count the number of apexes you hit. And if you need more than one hand, tell me, right? <laughs> and, yeah, again, <laughs> that one I wish I hadn't said just because it, I don't know, it, it just sounds like sour grapes in the heat of the moment. Um, so my point being that a lot of stuff uh, gets said in the heat of the moment. I think, as you say, with Ben in particular, he's had a rough season. He's taken it pretty hard this time around because I think he, he came into it really wanting to win it. Yeah, and uh, started well, Christmas, so. you know, and yeah. started really well yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, for folks like me who are a bit more relaxed now because I'm out of it, uh, maybe it'll make a difference for him this week as well on the, being in the same boat. So, you know, it'll be three of us, like you, me and him, all there having a bit of fun, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if I can make it this week. I'm not even sure if I'll be there. So this is, I was always probably going to miss two rounds uh, this season. Um, so I think this might be my second one, but I'll see what I can do. Going out on a high, that's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> at the at the at the very least, um, I doubt I'll get in much qualifying, so it'll definitely be a, a mid to rear of the pack <laughs> trying to move forward sort of race, I think. They can be fun too, right? Absolutely. I quickly just want to touch on I like I definitely what you said before, it was a uh, you could see Ben I said it at the start of the, the season when I picked Ben to, to win it because I think he wanted it more and, and it was a it was definitely a letting out of frustration. You could hear it in the second race when he called out the person for for actually um, destroying Brody's race and then Liam's race and actually making a point of of him calling it out rather than anyone else. You could you could hear the frustration right there and there and then. Well, uh, I the think second... I think I don't think Brody's actually got a push to talk button bound. So <laughs> no, I've never heard <laughs> I don't him. Know. So, no. but you could hear it. same guy again. Race control. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. The, the big one was Sean. Now I know Sean was frustrated by it all, but like he was his own worst enemy. Like he got, I know we don't get in race penalties very often, but he got an end of line penalty, which you drop to the back and you're fine. You can come back through. Now, obviously it's going to be hard for him to get to where he was, but it was going to give him like a mid midfield finish. It's still at least, but 
Um, and, and whether he proven in the second races, he had the pace <laughs> to move up places. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he just missed that. I, I I assume he didn't miss it because we we were calling over the radio, especially Vernie was like, "Mate, drop to the back. You, otherwise, you're gonna get a black flag." Like, drop to the back. And I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, he's gonna give himself a thirty second penalty. He's gonna be way worse than anything else because he's actually gonna try and get into pits for starters, <laughs> yeah, and then just not easy. <laughs> and then serve the penalty and get out again and. Sure enough, he, he didn't do it. He argued it and then race started and 30-second penalty. And, and that's what he was blowing up about, that he got penalised. But it wasn't really that. It was that he didn't follow the original penalty. I think um I think his reason why he wasn't happy to follow the, the penalty is, he, from my understanding of listening to it, is that he thought the penalty was for passing under yellow because he was saying, hey, like mm. I was third when I got the... um. When I yeah. when the yellow flag was called, so I should be in third, but the penalty was for actually making the contact, which yeah. caused the safety car, as opposed to to overtaking under. But that car. was made clear at at one point it was, under yeah, yellow yeah. still. So, but yeah, I, I understand the confusion because we don't normally get that in a race. No. Like the the it's always dealt with after the race, and cool, it could have been dealt with after the race, but. The problem is that affects now qualifying for the second race. So, you know, you're gonna. Yeah, but anyway, it was compounded, and I think that's where his frustration also came from is the fact that he got judged um, at fault from the start. But it was it was consistent with Aussie Car for eleven seasons now. Of you hit someone from behind, you're at fault, you get the penalty. So the bit that yeah. I was surprised about actually was, and maybe I I, I typically read the race info that that um, Ira posts each week. I didn't. Actually, it was a surprise to me that there would make sense when you think about it that there was going to be some dirt rules applied, right? Because yeah. the dirt rule is you you cause the yellow, you go to the back, sort of thing. Exactly. Um, and that's ignorance on my part, uh, but it did catch me by surprise. I spotted the penalty when it came up in the text, mm-hmm. um, and I can only assume Sean didn't. Um, yeah. The only the only other thing, and I, I hope Sean doesn't mind me saying this, that. When I when I did ask about a, a, a penalty that I got or there was a, a something, I can't remember what it was, I PM'd Ira and I just had a conversation with him about it. He explained it and I said, yeah, okay, fair enough. I understand where that came from sort of thing. I don't know. The bit that jars me a little bit is when we take it onto the, the public forum sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's and- happened clearly twice now in two major points um and, and it's caused division in the in the skippy ranks at two significant points now um to the point actually no it was v's was the other time it happened so once in skippies once in v's and there's been very very significant drop-offs after said verbal stouches in public in in discord and I know that if I have a disagreement with Ira, I'm going to take it to him personally because I yeah, don't exactly. want to see because Ira is going to bite back. Yeah, <laughs> that's, look to his own, you know, he's his own worst enemy sometimes, but that's how he is, and and you know it. That's that's what he's going to be like. So love you, listening, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> well, but can I say? Can I say? And I, I think I've said this before. When you put something or so much of yourself into something, exactly right, yeah. uh, there, there's a level of passion and commitment that comes through in everything you do, uh, yeah. and and it's not something that I would look to challenge openly myself. I just think uh, I owe him the respect that he's earned to just quietly ask him in the background and say, "Hey, what, what's the deal with that?" I don't want to challenge him openly like, that. and I don't think the Sean's necessarily doing that. It's just 
you know, something that I'd do differently that maybe uh, maybe might help. Yeah, and a lot of people use Discord differently. Like a lot of people aren't going to just straight up PM people, and they think it's a forum to, to have a chat, and 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 that's their they're discussing with them. They just sometimes don't realize that hey, cool, I'm actually having this in front of forty or fifty other people who also have an opinion, who who may may want to give that opinion a lot more than than myself and might be taking it a little bit more aggressively than myself or, or the other person on the other end. And yeah. that's when things spiral out of control. But yeah. I was going to say, it, it's a double-edged sword for Ira. Like, cool, it's his, he's his own worst enemy, but it's also his biggest strength where people don't hang around be, and, and cause trouble because if he, if they do, they're going to be on the end of this. And it, it's the best way to weed out it, it's sorry. It's not the best way. It's one very easy way or good, solid way to get rid of the people you don't want in the Discord slash in the racing because they they enjoy getting away with it and they enjoy causing trouble and they enjoy the the drama. But yet, if it's going to be caused that kind of level of aggression back at them, they're just like, well, this isn't worth it. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> or they get well, kicked, which is the biggest. So, yeah, thing. that's it. I mean, Ira is always going to give you a definitive answer. I, I yes. think what you're talking about is trolling. I think we saw a bit of that yep. in the visa. I don't think Sean was doing it. I think he was no, just no, asking a, gen, a genuine question. And um, I think uh, maybe even he came from the angle that, oh, if I ask this, it'll help others. That's the other thing mm-hmm. you can do in a public way 100%. as well. So. Again, don't want to be too critical of it either. Um, he was obviously, again, had that passion coming through and, and perhaps seeking some clarity. So, yeah, definitely. And the good thing yeah. about passion is uh, it all means something to us. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's what the, you know, that's the thing that Ira's fostered. We all, we all want to be on those, uh, podiums talking to, to Jason and, uh, well, to a ladder, lower state, David. Not just kidding, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, and look, like if we didn't, if if there wasn't passion, and the three of us wouldn't be sitting here each week talking about it. So, and and you know, the whole chunk of people out there wouldn't be listening to it. So, it is, um, yeah, it's it needs to be there. And like I said, people show it in different ways, and Ira definitely shows it in a certain way. So, good on him for keeping it going. And congratulations on getting a go kart and getting back into the real life racing. I'm excited yeah. to see where that goes too. Let's head in to the news and updates brought to you by CD Cintography and Brewster.coffee. Good places to get both photos of your cars and coffee that you might not normally get, which is uh, go check them out on their Facebooks and their websites. The links are in the descriptions below. Below. We're not on YouTube at the moment, but it's in the notes. Go get them. <laughs> uh, so we've got two quick news articles to talk about before we get into the uh, results. I know Braden's got to get up really, really early in the morning, so we've got to sort of... Not as early as you, from. but early for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we did have the Rallycross World Championships finally wrap up this week. Now, I said I know we said we we're going to you know cover it a bit more, but we just didn't get to. Once again, it's one of those things of... It's really hard unless you actually watch it to, to get proper full results. I think I remember like last year, I'm sure last year, the year before, was they, they had actually a series that you could go look up the results of and get actual detailed results of each race. But anyway, not this year, not easily enough to find for me anyway. But uh, basically, congratulations to Robertson for claiming uh, this year's iRacing Rallycross World Championship. John Robertson. Uh, from Subaru Motorsports. So well done on a very good season. Uh, other than that, the, the final results are... Have you got the final results there? Because I'm trying to find yep. it. That's the race results. I've They're got a bit right lower. Here. 
Okay, sweet, right there. So uh, 201 points for John Robinson. Uh, go on, give it a go. John <laughs> <laughs> Ole... No, I'm not going to go there. Maybe Yone, um, Yone Olikainen? Olikainen. Olikainen, that's yeah. what I'm going with. There you go, came second, uh, 195 points, 96 points in the rear, uh, which, you know, it came down to... He could have got... He could have won the race. Uh, you know, John Robinson got um, got third in the final race, which which left the door open because uh, uh, Vincente Salas got first, seven points ahead. So it did open the window. Did did give Yone a chance to win it, but it wasn't quite there. Was well, you know, John just put himself in front of in front of him and get it. Uh, Tommy Hullman in third, a fair way back there. Uh, Jonas Hart, Yone Hart. Uh, the ever consistent. Um, I, I loved watching him race uh, when I watched it last season. It was really he's a really good driver. One hundred and thirty two points. Kevin Ellis Jr. Another one of those really good or ever consistent drivers as well. One hundred twenty one. Uh, Vincente uh, with six. Uh, Killen uh, had Dalom Dalol Dal Alomo Dalomo. I don't know. Got me, man. Got uh, seventh, uh, Giorno Leskinen in eighth. <laughs> this is my uh, favourite part of the podcast, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. It always <laughs> is. Uh, Jake Ruffos in ninth and uh, Jacob Ruffos and Jake Robertson in tenth. So I almost I, I enjoyed that almost as much as Corey pronouncing the names on a Sunday night. It's great. <laughs> Shut up, everyone. Uh, the teams are set, uh, end up. Uh, taking set esports set uh, took the uh, overall team championships ahead of Subaru Motorsports, which was really good to see. Um, so no word. That's this is the stuff I wanted to see was where our very own uh, Apex uh, Apex. What no? Um, what's that? Logitech Altus. Logitech Altus esports. My brain has just fried again. A top twenty uh, for both. Was that top 20 for Bo? Nice. So yeah. not quite automatic qualification for next year. Um, I assume top 15 is where he'll have to end up. Uh, and his teammate, Louis Nunez, uh, managed 11th overall for the season. Okay. Well done indeed. Oh, yeah. They, yeah nice there sitting in the 11th, but we're at 20th. Alex Bergeron uh, also uh, 16th, though. If it was that top 15, that get the automatic qualification. Just missing out, out as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. He actually um, led eight laps too, Alex. Well done. Um, but we haven't led two laps. Well, very well done as well. So, um, yeah, that's really good to see uh, actual results there. So, team, where did Altus end up? Uh, seventh, not I think. Too bad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh overall. So, very, very well done. Uh, definitely ahead of a fair few teams. So, they'll probably get an uh, automatic re-invite because of that alone um so well done um trying to see alex's team but that's okay so that's the results from the rally car did you get to watch any of it anyone i really i haven't had time unfortunately i didn't it was on that some kind of ungodly hour from memory um 4am yeah and it's just yeah it wasn't on the radar for for getting uh to watch in between all the other stuff even though you're a um uh, now a champion on dirt you didn't want to follow 
Follow I that? caught a bit no. of it. I caught a bit of it one day. I don't know. It was at lunchtime. I don't know if it was a replay or whatever, but it was on. And uh, I caught a bit of bow racing. It was at Sonoma. Uh, it, if I'm honest, just like chaos. Like you know, <laughs> the, the the rally cross is even at the top level. Uh, I think there's there's just so much risk reward stuff going on. Yeah. The Joker lap played obviously a big part, but that's that's again part of rally cross. But then. You can see guys sending it, and other guys ending up in bizarre locations on the on the circuit, off in lanes that you didn't think imagined, like literally off the circuit somewhere, yeah. and then coming back on at some point when they've recovered. And again, at the top level, yeah, it just it struck me as quite chaotic, if I'm honest. But it was it was an interesting uh, an interesting watch, if nothing else. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's, it's sort of like our Dover experience it's really really good close racing but one mistake or one silly incident and then everything's turned on its head like you can have I've, i remember watching it last year when you know you'd have half the field and take each other out um with a with a lap to go by one silly mistake and all of a sudden this guy's coming around in fifth gets gets the win um and, and things like that it, it's it almost seems unfair when you're watching it and um, but then you you get races like you get the the races where someone is just way better or they they really do nail the, the competitive side of it. So it's it's a bit hit and miss, which I completely understand. So, um, but I do love it. I need to get more more watching it. But we'll go to the next bit of iRacing racing news about world champions and 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, so Keegan Lay has been presented with his uh, Coca Cola NASCAR. World Championship trophy and his uh, big so fat check, big fat check of a hundred thousand dollars just for winning I Racing World Championship. Extremely well done. But take uh, notes, yeah, Ira. Take notes. <laughs> that is <laughs> a big it. fat check. <laughs> so he, he got to go to Phoenix Raceway and actually physically presented with this at the at the, the NASCAR race at Phoenix, which is really cool to see. Uh, with some NASCAR and iRacing representatives. So don't want to be, name who these people are, but uh, it's really good to see him uh, get to go there and actually get this trophy in real life and some photos with some really big names as, as you scroll down it. But, yeah, the, the check, he's holding the trophy up uh, with the, with two people holding the check. And I don't even know what this other guy's holding, like a watch in a box or something or other, but... $101,800, I would be holding that check a little bit higher than the trophy, but um, <laughs> very well done. I'd just be me. holding it. You wouldn't be getting it off me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. I'm off. I'll see ya. Uh, but, yeah, got to meet some of the other uh, people he got to race against, um, his spotter as well. So, yeah, really good to see where I racing. Another another point on where I racing can take you in the world, and um, I bet you he didn't think about that when he first logged onto the sim and when I'll just take a few nice, nice guy for a bit of a spin, and all of a sudden he's one hundred and one thousand dollars richer, and going to Phoenix meeting some famous people. So well done. Um, let us go into the results brought to you by lockedonlads.com slash discord. I think that's right. Go join us, have some banter with us, and uh, even though I'm not there at the moment, go chat along. There's lots of cool people to chat to. Uh, before we get into the craziness, I did promise you. A little bit more Carl Withy from last week since you missed out. This will be the last time you get to hear him for the year. Carl Withy is a legend. Thank you so much to both him and Anscar for one, taking us on board and, and helping promote us uh, with uh, FGM Ecast in particular with their with their um, 
broadcasts and, and chatting about us whenever they can, uh, showing out me and, and a few others racing uh, with the Locked On Lads liveries and giving us a, a fair chunk of airtime when they can. You guys have really helped out for the year, uh, for the season. So thank you so much for that. And it's going, I'm going to miss hearing about what's happening in Anscar, but uh, yeah, let's take it away, Carl, for the last time with a bit of an interview with the Chase winner. Take it away, Carl. Hello, chaps and chapettes. I'm as ever, Colby, and welcome to the final Anscar wrap-up of 2021. This week, we start with the Truck Series, who would see their final race at Lucas Oil Raceway. Jason Martin would secure pole position with teammate Micklemore on his outside in second for the start of the race. As is expected on such a short track, we saw the yellow flag creep out onto the track a few times in the evening. But between cautions, we saw some classic short track racing, along with a number of varied strategies in the mix as well. But it was once more Ozzy's Ruben Phelps taking the chequered flag on the broadcast with his second win of the season after a great drive from P5, and keeping cool under pressure placed on him by second place man Josh Micklemore. Third was a strong result for Michael Schroeder, with Martin in fourth and the biggest mover of the night, Matty Ray, in fifth position. This meant we saw Mitch Motorsport taking out their second title in two weeks, with Jason Martin winning the season-free truck championship after a very strong year. His teammate Micklemore came home second, and third was Raymond. Next up, we head to the newly risen Phoenix Motor Speedway for the final race of 2021 with the Cup Series. The championship was down to the wire between Foster and Gallagher, with Martin and Micklemore mathematically capable of taking the title. It was a nail-biting finale to the championship. Natari would draw first blood, with Hedersheet taking pole position, snatching the point from Hamish Gallagher, who started on the outside. As the race unravelled, the new Phoenix proved to have some good racing on it, but it was still tricky nonetheless, a few drivers getting caught out via the dogleg and turn four. As the race ran on, we saw... Rookie of the Year, Andrew Dyson working his way to the lead and securing his rookie title uh, with his 8th victory of the year. He had to keep Mitch Train, the Mitch Train of Micklemore, Martin and Gallagher in 2nd, 3rd and 4th behind him and did not crack under the pressure. With fellow DPR driver Wally coming home in 5th, it meant DPR and Mitch had a great finish. Dyson finishing 5th in the season championship. But the story of the night was sixth place man Edward Foster coming home to take his second cup championship in two years, winning the 2021 cup season with Natari for a fantastic result. Gallagher finished in second with Micklemore in third, a very strong season for the Mitch duo. And that is it for the 2021 cup season. Uh, Before we go though, we will hear from Edward Foster after the race uh, in his post-race interview. And next up, uh, because it is the final round of the championship, we better speak to the champion, the number 53, Natari Autosport, Edward Foster. Congratulations on taking out the championship for 2021. Thanks very much. You came in a little bit pessimistic this season, um, it must be said, but it's worked out in your favour. Well, look, I mean, it was a horrible start of the year, wasn't it? You know, with uh, the team change and and having to set up uh, Natari sort of at the last minute, even after the season had sort of started and, and, and everything. And um, it really just threw all of our organisation into a little bit of disarray. And, and um, we just weren't able to capitalise on anything at the beginning of the year. The races were a little bit messy and, and we just couldn't 
I, I was finding that I couldn't read races very well. And, uh, you know, the pace was sort of there, but kept, kept you know, things just kept going wrong. Every, um, every sort of solid finish was followed by a uh, disaster. So, um, yeah, look, it started out pretty badly and, and uh, took a, a real change of approach to sort of dig myself out of it, I guess. And uh, now, you know, as we went into the chase, even as far back as, as sort of April when things were going pretty wrong, yeah, I definitely had my doubts, but there was always a, a sort of, I guess, a lingering thought in the back of my mind that I still thought that this was going to turn my way eventually. And um, unlike last year, where I had to really go out there and be aggressive and take it, this year has just almost sort of let it come to me. So it was a different uh, different approach, but the same result in the end. And uh, I have to say, doing this for myself um, with my own team is uh, it's a lot better. Uh, it's uh, yeah, th this one's this one's the best yet, definitely. Well, that's something I was going to touch on, of course, Natari. Um, you, you've done well. You've taken out the truck championship, um, and now you've got the truck the cup championship as well under your belt. So, not a bad first season for the team. Yeah, look, it hasn't been. Um, I mean, uh, it was kind of the same group of guys that were running together last year, and we, we had more success last year in the sort of wins um, and so on. But, you know, with uh, some of the really strong guys that have, have showed up this year, you know, Daiso obviously being one and Pearson running the full year. And, you know, we've had so many good, you know, just echo his thoughts, I guess, saying there's some really good operators out there, apart from, you know, the obvious top-running guys that have been here for years. Um, the wins just became a little bit harder to come by. And we, I think we had like 14 different winners or something over the cup season, which is absolutely insane. And uh, when you think about sort of 36 weeks running this season, it starts in February and it's finished now in November. You know, there are a lot of series out there that have, um, have a lot of really, really talented guys in there and everything. But in terms of the the length of this one and just the way the races just come at you week after week after week after week and the number of competitive guys in there, the number of people who are capable of winning races, it's, um, I, in, in that respect, I don't know that there's too many tougher championships out there. It's, um, yeah, it definitely wears you down and I'm, uh, I'm very glad it's over and I'm very glad it's sort of resolved in my favour. No, absolutely. Look, a huge congratulations. Well done on a very consistent season and a very successful one as well. Before I let you go, Ed, the usual thing of shout out and love to sponsors. Yeah, so of course, I got a shout out to the Nastari guys um, that they've been, you know, sort of working with us all year. Daniel, of course, came on a little bit later, but um, yeah, there's been uh, been fantastic working with those guys. Uh, big shout out really to everybody who comes out here every week and races, especially the uh, the, the guys who sort of turn out, put in the effort, practice and, and get their rewards for, for running competitively as well. Um, and the way that they race you clean and, and everything like that, it's really, really good. It's miles better than some of the stuff you get elsewhere. So um, that's fantastic. And um, of course, to the sponsors, um, we've got uh, Race Magazine, Two Fat Blokes, Ferguson Group Media, AJ Insurance Services, and um, yeah, Bridgestone as well. So that uh, for the guys who know the family history i've got with that uh with that company it this is um yeah that makes it really really sweet i feel like i've you know just sort of added a maybe not a chapter but maybe a little paragraph to that um to that story so um yeah that that, that side of thing feels really really good 
And, uh, of course, you guys for uh, giving up your time to come out and broadcast the races, all of the races, three races a week we run. So um, you guys giving up your time to do that. Okay. And um, also uh, Danny G and, and Matt Hunter for uh, helping us all on the organisational side. So, um, yeah, it's a big effort. And like Daiso touched on, it's probably uh, probably there's a lot more that goes on than a lot of people realise and, and a lot of knock-on effects to try and predict whenever you try to do anything or make a change and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, thanks to those guys as well for uh, sticking in. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's something I was just about to say is a big thank you to yourself and to Manny Hunter and, of course, Danny G for all the work you've done this season for Anscar. But a absolute thoroughly deserved victory, a well-deserved championship, and congratulations on the second in a row. A great victory for yourself. Yeah, thanks very much. Kind of uh, signs off the Gen 6 era nicely. So um, we'll see what the uh, Gen 7 gives us next year. And that is it for the Anscar 2021 season. Over and done with. Although the series will have a couple of fun races along with the All-Star race, the season is over. A big thank you to everyone who watched, entered and enjoyed the series. And of course to Danny G. Matt Hunter and Edward Foster for helping run the Anscar series. A great job by all of you. Of course, you can watch back the season on FGM Ecast, Ferguson Group Media. Uh, head over to YouTube to see all the races on replay. And a big thank you to Locked On Lads and Locked On iRacing, your home to the best Aussie online action. We look forward to seeing you again for 2022. Cheery bye, folks. Thanks for that, Carl. You are an absolute legend. I can't wait to get more from you next year especially if i'm racing a little bit more ans car than i am right now where do you want to go first Braden? you're the man of the moment aussie car or snl since that's all we've got uh we can quickly run over aussie car we, we um talked about it fairly comprehensively so i'm more than happy to go through the results of this one <laughs> at least the first race i'm happy to <laughs> Take it away, Braden. What happened in race one? Who was the right. champion that took it out? All right. So we headed to USA International Speedway Dirt for the first time. Um, it was uh, open qualifying as usual. I was able to put myself on pole, which was good, but also not good because it's just a horrible place to, to try and start on the dirt. Um, so picking up the extra pole point um, and starting from first alongside Alex McKellar and Ben Snell. Um, the, the race kicked off, uh, and we went around for 15 minutes and, and it came down to, to the very end where I managed to get a race win, uh, with Alex McKellar in second place and the ever consistent James Chastanoff in third, uh, Alex John fourth, Nathan Verney fifth, Russell Clark sixth, Matthew Harriet in seventh, Jeremy Bush, Jamie Willits and Ashley Knowles rounding out your top 10. Uh, quite a few big movers in this one with, uh, obviously some, uh, interesting uh, things happening throughout the race. Jamie Willett's up 15 spots uh, from 24th to 9th. Alex John and Darren Lassou both up 11 spots. Ashley Knowles up 10. Ira Felberg and James Chastanoff up 9 and 8, respectively. Uh, I, do, I do love, I want to quickly share that, James Chastanoff. We're sitting there in, in open quality with about, what, 10 minutes to go, and I'm like, you guys changed from 4th to 3rd, right? And everyone, he's like, nah. Everyone else is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Oh, a... I missed you, James. You're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So race two with the progressive grid saw us start in the same order that we finished. Um, and after 30 very long, grueling minutes, uh, despite getting out to a 1.1 or 1.2 second lead, uh, I couldn't quite hold off Alex McKellar, who got the uh, second race win on dirt um, for the round. Uh, from myself in second, Sean Doyle with an amazing drive up to third. James Chastanoff, fourth, Alex John, fifth, Jeremy Bush, sixth, Russell Clark, Matthew Mites, Matthew Harriet, and Nathan Verney rounding out the top 10. Uh, your big movers in that one, Sean Doyle, 16 uh, sp- uh, places up, 19th up to third. Simon Dobner and Peter Wilkinson both up 10 places, as uh, he alluded to earlier. Maybe the second race not as bad as he first thought. And ben no, it was. Snell, it was terrible. <laughs> up six <laughs> places. Uh, as well um, after a late uh, incident with AJ, I think, from memory uh, in that one there. So uh, that left us with uh, Alex and myself actually shared the round honours, both on 103 points for the round, which was good to see. Uh, It shakes things up a little bit in the driver's standings uh, with Alex John now just three points ahead of James Chastanoff for the lead. Uh, but Alex McKellar in third, a further 38 points behind. So uh, quite a bit to make up, Alex. If you're you're looking at having a crack at the championship, you need a few things to go your way, that's for sure. Well, nothing's gone my way so far, so it's about <laughs> my turn. Isn't it? Uh, Sean Doyle, uh, 18 points behind in fourth. Russell Clark in fifth. Uh, Matthew Mites, Nathan Verney, Ben Snell, Jeremy Bush, and Darren Tune round out your top 10. Uh, the road Can I quickly to... talk about you, you, you people brushing over Matthew Mites and Nathan Verney back to back again. <laughs> it's true, uh, they always are. Go listen to my stream if you can. Um, Nathan Verney actually tried to take out Matthew Mites just to get in <laughs> front of him this week. Uh, so no. <laughs> they were that close to each other that one actually made a mistake and actually connected with the other one. So uh, that, that's how close these guys run together. So well done, and you two for being the leading locked on racing. Uh, racing uh, team this year. Now, Braden's not racing in every race. Uh, not true, actually. Chastity and I jumped back ahead. Oh, you got ahead. <laughs> I, looked, I didn't quite see it, but okay, cool. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Road to 2K, Matthew Harriet leads Ashley Knowles by seven points from Liam Banks in third, Brody Cook and Craig Kerman, uh, Darren Lasso, John Snell, Simon Dobner, Daniel Stubbs, Farron Hancock, Leon Williams, Jamie Willett, Peter Bowling, and Mark Jeffrey down the bottom in 14th. The team's championships, uh, top split racing, uh, running away from this one. Disappointingly, I think it would actually be a really close battle coming into these last two rounds if I hadn't missed uh, a round. Because what are we, 70, 81 points behind? So assuming I had a half-decent result in those two races would be be pretty close on the top split, boys. Uh, so top split racing first from Lockdown iRacing News and Results. That's Chastity and myself. Uh, third Locked On iRacing podcast interviews, which is Matthew and Nathan from Van Diemen Racing, Locked On Lads Discord, White Knuckle Racing, Locked On Lads Black Sheep Racing, Mist Apex Racing, Aussie Car Racing Team, Norfolk and Chance Racing, Airways Aviation Racing, and VDR Baby Development Team, rounding out the team's points. Yeah, so very interesting going with two rounds to go, especially one of them being an enduro. So. And tips on the championship right now, Braden? I think uh, it could go either way between AJ and Chastity. They're both driving really well at the moment. AJ 
hasn't really put a foot wrong. And to be honest, if he had got into uh, qualifying a little bit earlier in the dirt round, he probably would have been up a bit higher um, and probably had a little bit more of a lead. So I got to back in my teammate, don't I? I'll go Chasty. Mikella, you backing in your teammate? Yeah, AJ's been the quiet achiever for so many seasons. I think we said last week. So, yeah, I've got to back him to win it. And if I can help uh, in the teams, he's been carrying me for a while. I finally clawed my way back up somewhere near a respectable score. So, uh, I'm hoping we can just hang on to that one as well. But you're right, Braden. We would have uh, we would have been in trouble. I reckon he might have even had us given the season that I've had so far. So. I think you were in front if you turned up and, and raced to your ability in that that one race, and yeah, and we'll hear next this coming week for sure. Um, I, I quickly, I just I don't want it to be decided by someone else, which is what we've seen consistently this season. Everyone who's had a chance and been really in there has been had something happen, and, and misfortune has knock them back down like we see Ben down in eighth now which is just not representative of his speed this season and and what he's how he started but um, that's what I want to try and avoid seeing but yeah hopefully we've got a good good run of the finish and Chastity takes it home for Lockdown I Racing to end out the year we'll see let's go into Sunday Night Lights Mr. McKellar what happened mate well, another great fit. In fact, we had five splits this week. We haven't had five splits for a while. We've had as many as, I don't know, eight or nine in the past, but uh, participation's not uh, quite there what it was. So I'll take, but I will take quality over quantity any day. But it was great to see a big bunch of folks out there having fun, which was good. And we do, for those of you playing at home, we do score all the way down to the fourth split uh, when it comes to the SNL Championship as well. Um, so 4,900 strength of field, uh, which was great. We were missing one, Christian Perez. He told me during the week that he wasn't going to be able to make it, and I reckon uh, that might have ticked us over 5K potentially, but uh, hopefully we'll see him back for the last couple. It was a Japanese front row lockout, Nagai and Yamato, stuck it on pole, and they were pole and second respectively, only separated by four one-hundredths of a second. So they're doing something right up there. And then they were two-tenths ahead of Fraser Smith, the UK and I driver, was back starting on third after taking out the race last week at Nürburgring. Vasco Sorovsky stuck it on the second row of the grid after taking out the warm-up race. Uh, he continued on that little bit of form that he brought in, uh, and he stuck it in fourth off the grid. Julian O'Frey started fifth with Laura Samadio on the third row. The other ANZ drivers in there, or driver, I should say. Oh, no, there was two. There was uh, Braden and uh, Russell Clark the third, as he goes by on a Sunday night, in eighth. And Russell was down Esquire. in... Uh, Esquire. yeah. He, Russell was down in 18th. Uh, just said of Kevin Budgen. Oh, I kept getting Kevin's name wrong because I thought it was B-U-G-D-E-N, but it's B-U-D-G. So it was Bugden, but it's actually Budgen. I think it must be like Budgerigar, but anyway... Not everyone can get them right, I suppose. Um, now, Definitely not me. No, well, <laughs> there you go. I, I do get tongue-tied every now and then, but I do give it a good crack. So um, from there, we saw the race um, get underway, and it is uh, a unique, quite a unique style of racing here at Red Bull. And what we did see in difference to last week, perhaps, where where there was a split in the field and the front pack a half a dozen or so uh, broke away, I really thought that they would stay pretty sedate uh, until the last lap or two, but it was really in the second half of the race that they started racing in that front pack uh, aggressively, and that brought a number of people in the second pack back into it. So 
The front pack predominantly had Fraser Smith, Naoya Nagai, and Julian O'Frey, some of the, the usual suspects in there, um, really hunting down uh, what they could make of it. Uh, I'm thinking we had one of the uh, the Italian drivers there for a while. Uh, from memory, it was um, Amadio in there. Um, Takumi Yamato, of course, after qualifying so brilliantly on the second row, fell back. Uh, and he was on the back of that lead pack in sixth or seventh for most of the race. What was really interesting, I thought, um, in that front pack was after getting outraced. I really thought he was outraced last week, now you know, guy. Um, sat on the back of that front pack for most of the race last week. This week was more in the mid to the front of that and really starting to pressure and, and try and fight for the win, which was really encouraging because uh, he's certainly still in it for the championship as well, and we know he's got the pace. So it came down to the final stages, and with the battling that was going on in the front pack, we saw Dennis Johansson and George Maddock and Braden. I think you were there for a little bit, but it was more likely... Um, Dennis was the big mover in there. He qualified poorly. Uh, he didn't put in a good lap. He started down in 12th. And in the last lap or so, he just burst onto this front pack, coming down into turn three, as we said, the downhill braking zone where it's a good passing opportunity. And he threw it up the inside. There was no contact or anything. Uh, he managed to get through okay. Uh, and But it just it, it, the pack just kind of really went nuts there for a little while. Uh, and... I think he picked up a little bit of contact on the next straight. It was, and then Doinky disappeared. He was disqualified. So. Yeah, I, th- I think he. I think he went. To, he was on sixteen X, and he went to the grass to try and avoid. He thought someone was going to spin, um, and he went to the inside uh, to 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 try and miss it, and obviously caught the grass, and that was what gave him the last one X. Yeah, there's one thing about Dennis is he, he's not stingy with his incident points. <laughs> Definitely um, not. <laughs> I think his view is, and I've heard him say it before, you know, you've got 16, if you haven't used them or you've wasted them sort of thing. And, um, <laughs> and, and yes, I have, doesn't agree with that either. Well, way. like you say, he only need a D-class licence to race them, right? And he's sitting on <laughs> D1.1 at the moment. So <laughs> anyway, um, but all the races are skipped, so good luck to him. But... Um, yeah, look, he does really race hard with it. Even when he's on 16X, he wants to win the race. So, But anyway, that left um, the front pack uh, a little bit mixed up and you had Smith, Nagai and O'Frey and Roberts all fighting it out in the closing stages. And it was, in the end, Fraser Smith who uh, came through to take his second win on the trot, uh, became the third driver to win through two races this season in the top split. He came up for a chat after the race too, struck me as a, a nice young fella as well. Uh, articulate and uh, certainly excited to have the win. He missed out in um, in mid-Ohio. He slipped in, but he, he he's come back for two back-to-back the last couple of weeks. So And a great drive last week, backed up with a great win under very different style of racing this week. Now you're, now you're in a guy, as I said, after sticking it on pole and getting out raced, I thought, last week, came through and really challenged, just finished less oh, just over a tenth behind him in second. Uh, and most importantly, ahead of Julian O'Frey's championship rival at the moment who finished in third. Nick Vaughan-Roberts was the, th- the fourth driver there within a second as they crossed the line. Oh, I was very pleased also to see Vasco Sorovsky finishing in fifth. But didn't quite get the win like he did in the warm-up <laughs> race, but it was his best finish and he was still pretty happy with it. Oh, I say he was happy, but I think he wants more now, and that's encouraging as well. Um, so that left Braden with a top 10 finish in ninth as one of the other ANZ drivers. And then Russell Clark somehow 
managed to finish behind the disqualified Dennis Johansson. Uh, all <laughs> and the way on down his roof. 18. And on his roof. Oh, no. I, I sort of had a look at that after the race. And, oh, no. Um, Russell at one point actually offered to do a, a live interview while we were racing. And I think I actually said to him, it's a great idea, but I, I've got so much going on, I'd probably forget and I'd, I'd stuff things up. So I didn't want to <laughs> do that. But we've done that sort of thing in the past, at least when Bernie used to do the racing. But um yeah, I don't think I don't think my brain could handle it. Um, we jump jump to the second split. I'm looking for the ANZ drivers. First one's Mitchell Nichols there, uh, who finished third. Uh, we then drop down to Justin Watt, who's Vasco Sorovsky's teammate. Car number three. He's trying to get into that top split. Uh, he's he's finished sixth in this one, and it'll be great to see both the clowns uh, racing team members uh, in the top split when he gets there. Paul Wilson in tenth. Uh, where else? We've got Bradley Fisher in 13th. Ryan Portelli, who's back and regular this season, he's in 14th. Jeremy Bush, uh, the Aussie car driver, he's in 15th. Marcus, oh no, hang on, it was Nathan Verney, the other locked-on racer, in 17th. What happened to him? Yeah, so he got the old um, passing tech that never, ever, ever, ever ends up passing tech bug um, and actually couldn't get into the race and had to quit and then rejoin so he um i don't know where he qualified i don't think he qualified that great because i think i remember him saying i've stuffed up my qualifying again um but yeah he just couldn't grid up it just kept saying passing tech and wouldn't let him grid up so he actually had to exit um i racing and jump back in so yeah that's why he was four laps down yeah that hurts um now jumping to the third split big shout out ashley knowles he's taken out the third split he was pretty happy about it and congratulations to him. He's one of those people, again, that turn up and have a race. Uh, and if they can get the buzz out of a Sunday night in whatever split they're in and taking it out, we're doing our job right. So congratulations to Ash. What a top drive. Finishing first in the third split. Not far Quietly behind. In, yeah. in our Discord, he, just before he raced, he's like, I've got the, the pass to, to run Sunday Night Lights. He's obviously done some dealings with the witnesses. <laughs> Uh, so he's all super excited about it. And I was obviously had no, I was, sorry, I, I got back into civilization. I was trying to pay all my staff before I fell asleep for the night and obviously worrying about my boy in, in ER. So I wasn't really paying much attention and definitely wasn't going to get on the race. But then all of a sudden I've got, I've seen, you know, I just won third split and he was so excited. It was so good to see. So congratulations, Ash. That's awesome work. Yeah, great drive, Ash. Congratulations, mate. Nothing like taking out the big one on a Sunday night. Uh, just behind him in third, actually, Matthew Harriet, another Aussie car driver, which is a, which is a great result. Mark Jeffo Jeffrey, oh sorry, Jake Martin's the ANZ driver in fourth. Mark Jeffo Jeffrey in sixth, uh, another good result for Jeffo. Jason Rowers in eighth. Uh, Jason Wilman managing to get some points there down in twelfth, uh, and that leaves us with Aaron Gilbert and Ken Himes. The great Ken Himes, unfortunately, had a had a bad one, finished the lap down all the way down in 19th. And I have to dive all the way down to the fourth split to find <laughs> Mr. Withy, who finished just inside the points in oh, no. 11th. He that got means some he's points. catching me again. I'm going to race again. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does indeed. That's the big, right. biggest um, incentivizer for me to race again. Uh, so he's <laughs> on 47. I'm, I've still got, seven, uh, yeah, that's got eight points on him. We're all good. We're all good. Yeah, nice. All right, so... Turning our attention to the championship overall, Julian O'Frey sits on top on 230 points with eight weeks counted and dropped rounds in play. Laura Samadio and Giuseppe Tolini 
are also on the podium there, the two Italians. Not dissimilar to last season, actually. They, they rounded out the podium last season as well. Vasco Sorovsky remains in fourth uh, with some good points helping him along this week, just ahead of T- Takumi Yamato in fifth. If I look for the other ANZ drivers in the field, in the standings in the top 20, you've got Mitchell Nichols in seventh, Paul Wilson in eighth, Mr. Braden Martin in ninth, Jason Browers in tenth, Mark Jeffo, Jeffrey up four positions in 12th, Jeremy Bush in 13th, Ken Himes in 16th, uh, Ryan Portelli in 18th, Corey Lean down and not present again this week down in 19th, but the one to watch with a bullet now in a guy up another spot this week in 6th. Yes, yeah, so two races. Sorry? I was going to say, so my math- mathematics, my, my very poor mathematics is he's, he's definitely got about two points or maybe even three points. If he wins and gets pole, he's two to three points ahead. If he just wins both races, he's one point ahead. As long as Julian O'Frey doesn't get any more points, you can almost it's better. You can almost bank the pole point as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, right. Can. That's right. So, yeah, look, he is 60 points off the lead with two races to go. 31 points uh, you get for a win and pole. He's absolutely in it. O'Frey's got a couple of points depending on where he finishes with drop rounds, but not many. Uh, so it is... Surprisingly, uh, a race of one against six in the standings at the moment for the win. Fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. And the guy's finished second before, and I I had a chat to him um, as best I could with my broken Japanese uh, after the race this week, and uh, he's he's pretty he's pretty pumped, uh, and he's really enjoying it. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, yeah, it'll be a good show for the last couple of rounds. Of course, we. we head off to Coda this week, Coda West, um, which be interesting because I think it's another one of those tracks that won't necessarily appeal to the masses, um, but it will. Uh, it has a bit of character that attracts some of the really top guys. So interesting to see what sort of turn up we get next week. And then, of course, we round out the season at Brands Hatch. So plenty to play for in the last couple of weeks and uh, really looking forward to what's been, honestly, um, probably my favourite season out of the 25 so far given the uh, the support that we've had from the community. So thanks, everyone, for coming out and helping us put on a good show. Definitely, definitely. So that wraps up the results from what I understand. Hopefully my little audio bug I got before doesn't ruin the audio from tonight, but we'll, we've got backups for that. Um, but, look, that's it for the week. We're, we're, we're cutting this thing back down to size, which is good to see because there's no news to talk about. <laughs> uh, I assume... By the time we talk about next week, we might see some Black Friday sales pop up and, and it might be too late for you to get onto them. Um, I saw some entry-level stuff popping up on Amazon today and a few other places, but obviously if you're listening to this, you're already past entry-level. Um, but we'll see what happens. But, Mikella, mate, what have you got planned for the rest of the week and where can people find you? Well, racing this week, of course, we're at Brands Hatch for Aussie Car from memory, uh, full GPL. GP layout. I love a GP circuit in a skip. So looking forward to that one. The the middle sector, the 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 triple right hander, their beautiful flow in a skip. Uh, fourth gear corners out the back there. Plenty of runoff uh, that doesn't look like runoff uh, to enjoy uh, that flowing section. So really looking forward to that on Thursday. And the scary yeah. turn one. Yeah, scary <laughs> turn one, which is a lot of fun as well. If you can. Get it right, and you're on that knife's edge. Um, yeah, really, really quite 
enjoyable to get I right as well. Remember last time we went there, the tyres took about eighteen laps in a sixteen lap race to get warm. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping it's not that bad this time, but we'll see. Crossing our fingers. If I do make it, I won't be pitting earlier than I need to, like I did last time, because that cost me a couple of spots last time. Well, the pit window's a bit narrower now. I was yeah. talking to Ben about it. I was talking to Ben about it during the week or uh, after last race, I think. And the point that he made the, the time that he came from the rear and, and got me on the line was that he pitted early and had the full race. And when I pitted late, um, which was right on the last lap, well, you could pit on the first or the second last lap or whatever, he had a second on me per lap and just, you know, just in yeah. tyres. So be a different kind of race this time potentially, but we'll wait and see. Um, so then oh, I'm potentially doing a bit of coda. Uh, I'll think about putting up a, another race video. Although, who knows, maybe it'll be one of the Aussie car ones this week. Who knows? Uh, we'll wait and see how they play out and if they hold any interest. But you can find that uh, on the top split on YouTube where you'll find all the Sunday Night Lights uh, all 25 seasons, uh, you can check us out there if you've got about, I don't know, 73 hours to kill. Um, and, uh, of course, I've got some lap guides up there and also um, I've been starting to put those races up on the Top Split on YouTube. But otherwise, you can find us on Top Split TV uh, on Twitch on a Sunday night, 9.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, which is GMT plus 11 at the moment. And we do absolutely get the best Skippy Fields each and every week by some margin. So if you really want to test yourself against some of the best drivers in the world, come and join us on track or off uh, to check out the broadcast live on Top Split TV. Definitely do. When it's official, they are the, they have the number one strength of field ever in Skippy. So definitely yeah. miss out. Two of the top five ever. Get that in here. That's it. Now, Braden, how's that helped you with your uh, I rating this week? We know you went over 4,000 for the first time ever, but... Is it good to get a positive result for for the first time in a long time? <laughs> yeah, I think the last two weeks haven't been too bad. There was definitely a rough patch in the middle of the season where I was um, less than thrilled, I guess <laughs> would be the best way to describe it. Um, but yeah, it's been nice to, to get a couple of bumps recently. And um, yeah, it's just nice to be heading in that positive direction. It, it I must admit, it is funny looking back like, you know, what, nine months ago now, maybe closer to 12, I suppose. Time goes bloody fast. Where, you know, I was 1,600, 1,700, you know, making it into these top split races where you'd see Benji and, you know, those kind of guys in their 5Ks, 4Ks, 6Ks, and just thinking like, how in the hell am I ever going to compete with any of these guys? And to to actually sort of be up there now, it's it's pretty cool, to be honest. What's the difference, you reckon, between 12 months ago and now? Um, just time, <laughs> like just time and practice and being in different scenarios. And I, I think from the start, I don't think I was ever, well, no, I probably was, but like super, super slow. Like I, I always felt like there was something there that made me feel like maybe I could drive all right with, with the right amount of practice and and things like that but it's it's being able to do it lap after lap after lap and just a lot less mistakes you know that that's why i was so fr- not frustrated but you know at, at um silverstone where i looped it around into the you know on the first lap like i just don't do that anymore whereas you know t- 12 months ago i would do that every third race or you know every second race and 
you know, it, all of a sudden, instead of qualifying fifth and being in a chance with maybe possibly winning the race or getting on the podium, you drop yourself back to the end of the field. So, you know, the qualifying and stuff and the speed has definitely come a long way, but I definitely attribute the I rating gain mainly to the consistency and, and eliminating those silly, silly mistakes um, from, from my driving because, you know, you can be as fast as you want qualify as high up as you want but if you're spinning you know two out of three races you, you end up, the, up ending up at the back anyway if not in the pits so yeah yeah okay cool so where what's your planned and where can people find you yeah well i don't know to be honest i'm not sure if i'll make aussie car this week um got a, another work thing on so uh hopefully i do i might try and chuck in some it's nice that we've recorded early this week so i'll try and get in some practice tomorrow and wednesday the, the, the main problem will just be with the open qualifying. It really makes it difficult for me to to really have a chance of being up the front unless, you know, you guys want to battle for 10 laps while I catch up. <laughs> um, so I'll try and do Aussie car if I can. If not, I'll definitely try and jump into a couple of officials. Me and Alex had a really great race at the full Coda a couple of seasons back at um, an Aussie car. So hopefully it doesn't take me too long to pick up the West Circuit again. So I'll definitely try and get a couple of officials in this week. Um, and I wouldn't mind going and recording some of my races again. I I did put a couple up here and there. Um, maybe even just do some post post stuff like Alex has been done. I don't know why you'd want to watch them, but I've found watching Alex is super interesting. So it's just hearing different perspectives for people is always interesting. So yeah, I'll try and I will try and stream a little bit more as well. Maybe not in the next couple of weeks, but definitely with um a bit of a break coming up, I'll definitely try and fire up a few more streams. So if I do for some reason decide to go live, you could find that at twitch.tv slash the one wade. And if you want to chat about anything else, got some cricket coming up. Uh new Halo Infinite's been released, um, which has been pretty fun to play. So if you want to talk about any of that stuff, hit me up on Twitter at Braden Talks. Yeah, definitely do that. Uh, you can find my stuff at Locked On Lads on Facebook, Locked On Lads on Twitch, Locked On Lads on by T on YouTube, Locked On Lads on Twitter. Uh, I even did a tweet the other day explaining what's going on a little bit or what what's not going on. Um, but yeah, that that's the main places you find us. LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Obviously, get in the Discord and have a chat there. Uh, I bought some gloves during the week, so I've got racing gloves coming to me. So Nathan Verney put out, um, Ooh, I think they they're fist. Cool. Yeah, they look yeah. cool. I saw ones that sort of struck a chord with me, and I, I've been, you know, I'll get a set one day. You know, not for a cool. This is going to make better, just for, for coolness' sake. And yeah, one I saw a set, and went, why not get that? So so they'll be coming soon. I think they've got the message. Uh, Sunday night to say they've been shipped or only from down the road, Brizzy or Gold Coast or something or other, so they're not going to be far away. Uh, Straight post willing. Um, <laughs> but this is the Black Friday week and next week's the Black Friday week as well, so work will be nuts. So I don't know how much time I'll get to do anything, but I picked up the new Pokemon game so I can play my Switch for once So when I've got nothing to do. But uh, and Forza Horizon, we're playing a bit of that when I can, but Jurassic World Evolution in the background as well. Hopefully some farming simulator as well when I get a chance. Anything but racing right now. I'm definitely at the end of my my, my year um, where I know how much brain power it takes to get around a lap consistently, as you were talking about, Braden, without making the mistakes that ends up putting you in the pits and getting you frustrated. And I know I don't have that mental capacity right now, so... We will see if I can get a chance to race this week. Uh, I definitely, I like Coda West. Had a good relationship with it when I tried the V8 there the other couple about a month ago now. So 
and and I definitely had a good result last time at um at um at Coda when we went there for the full circuit. So pretty keen to go back there and check it out. But um we'll, we'll see. I'll I'll definitely try and get some time, make some time for myself. Uh, and I am at the end of doing some spreadsheets, so hopefully that gives me that chance as well. Um, thank you, Braden, for grabbing that link. So it's www.fistandwear.com.au. Fist handwear. Yeah. Fist. Oh my god! I'm... <laughs> there it is. I'm look. I'm looking on my phone instead of the lot of the thing. Fist handwear. <laughs> oh, don't go to that other website. <laughs> <laughs> Getting hot on the collar. Anyway, um, so side note, we had an indoor cricket team called Stick Fisters at one stage, so and they let us get ahead of that and go with that and have merchandise for that. So, uh, sorry, and uniforms and everything. It was really interesting that they allowed that. But anyway, uh, so that's it for this week. Thank you, everyone who's listened, everyone who's listened all year. Hopefully, we've got some news. Now we've gone earlier, we've threatened iRacing to have the fresh content news by recording later. Now we've gone earlier, they'll just release everything. So hopefully sometime this week you'll start seeing what's happening for 2022 uh, if you haven't already. Uh, Plus, don't forget, right now you can jump on that 25% off of subscription renewals uh, because of the Black Friday sales. I know a whole heap in our Discord have jumped on and basically paid up to 2025, I think it is. Uh, just to make sure that they get it as cheap as possible. But, um, yeah, definitely do that. Until next week, guys, thank you. Well done, Braden, for being a legend and winning your first race. And well done, McKellar, and bringing you back down to earth in race two. We'll catch you <laughs> next week.